Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of my podcast. Um, Today I'm going to be talking about the story of Ruth. I love the story of Ruth so much. It's my favorite Bible story. It's the name of my car. It's the story that I read a lot while I was in Odessa because I, I love a good love story. And love stories always make you feel better when you're homesick. Uh, it's a fact. I touched a little bit on love in my last episode, and I wanted to dive more into that topic because it's something that God has really been working on in this season of my life, and um, He's really just been showing me what it looks like to love and to be loved. So that's kind of the journey that I've been on for a little bit. Um I really pride myself on having a very loving spirit. I prayed a long time for two things. I wanted to be bold, and I wanted to be the girl who was known for loving people. And I can love the crap out of people, but lately it's been harder and harder to pour myself out. And so I brought this issue to God, and He showed up and showed out. In the past few months, God has sent people to minister and pour into me what seems like 24-7. It's kind text messages and hugs that last a few seconds longer than normal from people who don't hug me and people I have never spoken a word to have come up and told me that I inspire them to be and do better. And this is constant. Like every single day, it's always happening. And at first I was really confused and just grateful to be loved on, but then I realized what God was doing and began thanking him every time it was happening. He was filling up my cup. I have learned to love in new ways, and he's prepared me to be a better lover of his people. This is just a short snippet of what God has been doing in my life and kind of what inspired this episode. Um, If you have spent 25 minutes with me, or you follow me on any social media account, or, you know, you've just bumped into me at the TJ Maxx, you know that I can't wait to be a wife. I buy double sets of everything I am, you know, planning and preparing and I've got songs picked out for a wedding and I'm like ready. I'm ready to be a wife. I have literally just everything ready. All I need is a ring. Um, If you're my mother, you have met Spinster Allie who claims she'll never get married. She's just too picky. It's not in the cards. And this is just the cup that God has for her. And I shift between these two moods about as often as I used to take my old car into the shop. At church, I pray a lot during worship because if I feel the Spirit, I want to talk. And so um, last night I was at church and I was praying and somehow my future marriage had stumbled upon my prayers and I heard the Spirit say to me, just work your field and instantly I thought of Ruth. The story of Ruth has four chapters and Each chapter is just jam-packed with the movement of God. He is the hero of the story. He is the hero of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz's story. It is just, it's a very good chapter or a story. Um, In the beginning, we meet Naomi and she is stricken with heartache. She loses her husband and both her sons. Both those sons had a wife. Well, they, they each had a wife. And one of them was Orpah and the other was Ruth. And so they were left widows. They were in a male-dominated society with no men, and Naomi decides she wants to go home, back to Judah. So she takes her two Moabite daughter-in-laws, and she, she heads home. 
Naomi uh, actually tries to get the girls to leave three times. And um, she tells them, like, go home to your mothers. Go, like, go to your land. Go back to Moab. That's your home. I can't give you anything here. I cannot produce more sons. I cannot do anything for you. Please don't, like, stay with me. And Orpha leaves the second time after Naomi has, like, begged. And then Naomi tries a third time and Ruth still refuses. Like, Ruth goes as far to say in the 17th verse of the first chapter that not even death can separate them. She says, where you die, I will also be buried. I mean, like, talk about loyalty there, because I'm going to tell you right now, if I was in that situation and my mother-in-law said, go home, go to Texas, go be with your mom, go to Houston, you know I'm hopping on the first plane and I'm coming back to live with Lori. You, like, that's just, that's what's going to happen, because uh, I love my mama, and, um, you know, that's just, that's where I am at right now. But Ruth doesn't. Ruth and Naomi go to Judah, and they make it to Bethlehem. And I love that Naomi's hometown is Bethlehem, because that's where Jesus was born. And I just love that in the Bible, you get to see all these really, really cool things that's just, it's the fingerprints of Jesus littered throughout the Bible. You don't even have to say his name. But just by mentioning Bethlehem and knowing a little bit of background knowledge, like, that's where Jesus is born a few years later. I mean... A couple hundred years later. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Ruth decides that she's going to go work the field just to show thanks to whoever had owned the field that they were staying in because the field uh, where they were like living belonged to her late father-in-law's relative. And so she's just going to go out and work it and um, give thanks for like taking them in. And she is just hauling through this field and she actually ends up making it into a piece of land that belongs to Boaz. And this is the first time we meet Boaz. And he is out there. He's kind of tending to his land. And he's looking at it and making sure everybody's doing their own thing during harvest season. And he takes notice of her. And he, like, low-key claims her. And he says, like, stay with my ladies. Drink whatever I bring them. Eat whatever I bring them. Like, don't go to another field. This is your field now. And this, like, straight confused her. And I'm going to read their first interaction to you straight from the Bible because we like to put a little bit of Bible in this podcast. So it's Ruth 2, 10 through 13. And it says, She fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and she said, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people you did not know before? The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. So we know that Ruth doesn't belong to Boaz. Like, she just... Like, it was just kind of like a fluke thing that they had stumbled upon and met. In in the world terms, it's a fluke thing. But God had it all planned out. 
But what's so cool about this, y'all, is that your name is being spoken in rooms your feet haven't made it to yet. Your actions are giving you favor. People are taking notice of you. God is putting your name on the lips of people who haven't met you yet because of your faithfulness. And his will will come to pass. And I got all of that just from Boaz telling her, like, I'm taking favor with you because I've heard what you've done. I I just think that's so cool that when we're faithful and we're just standing there in our waiting and working our field, people are taking notice. God is, is moving things. To finish the story for those who haven't read it yet, Ruth and Boaz, they do get married and, um, she ends up owning the field that she worked and they end up having a son named Obed which means servant. He later becomes the father of Jesse, and Jesse is the father of David, King David. And we all know David, the author of the Psalms. Um, But God took care of Ruth, and he's going to take care of you too. Sometimes I really wish that I could just read my story in Bible form so I could know what's coming and how to prepare for it. But that would take all the magic out of watching God's faithfulness and blessings pour out before my eyes when I least expect it. The beautiful part of not knowing exactly when something is coming are the in-between moments we get with God. We get this relationship built on trust that he has every tiny detail mapped out and that in his time, these doors are going to fly open. Waiting is is really hard. Like on the DL, it actually kind of sucks sometimes. Until you adopt the mindset that waiting is just a gift of time in disguise, it's a time to pray wrapped up in a ribbon of patience. Because the Lord is never late. We just have to trust Him in our waiting and just sit still long enough to watch Him do things. And while we're waiting, He's doing things with us at that time. Like, it's so cool to just get to build this relationship with God before he adds another person into the mix and we need to take it seriously we can't just keep running and say oh no like it'll it'll be okay because I know like as soon as I get here like that's when everything's gonna make sense but this is actually something that I'll have to preach to myself a lot over the next few months because engagement season is just around the corner and That's hard for me to watch all my friends get engaged and be in relationships, and I'm happy for every single one of them. It is so great to watch people be in love, but it's a difficult season. It just is, and the single girls and guys know what I'm talking about, but we can remain confident in God that, you know, our story doesn't end or begin the second that we get hitched. You're living your story right now. I am living the story that God is has written right now. And he's in the process of setting new things into motion like marriage or missions or maybe a new job or, you know, all kinds of different things into motion. And those doors will fly open the exact moment he sees fit. So that's just something that I had on my heart. And I wanted to share it. Thank you so much for everybody who's been sending me so much love for the podcast or just my heart. Um, I'm going to close this out with a prayer. So, yeah. Thank you for joining me again. Father God, thank you for designing each of our stories so uniquely and individually. 
for opening doors in the time that they need to be opened and in the meantime creating a beautiful relationship with us. Thank you for loving us even when we're difficult to love. I pray peace over everyone in a season of waiting, whatever it may be that we're waiting for. Let our hallelujah be as loud in the valley as it is on the mountaintop. We praise you and we love you. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.